<laughs> Hello, and welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we have a special guest. We have Stephanie Barrett from Mortgage Architects on to give us an update on what changes are coming to the mortgage rules, what's going on, give us a little update, and uh, let's just get into it. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, episode six, we have our first guest star. So exciting. Woohoo! Uh, Steph, before we get into it, do you want to give us a little intro of who you are and what? Why don't you? Why don't you intro? I can intro. So, or Matt can, or you can. Stephanie was born on a quiet, (laughs) rainy night. It was a Wednesday. (laughs) It it was a Wednesday. Oxymoron. It can't be quiet and rainy. Or I, I've well, heard quiet rain, and nobody in my life quiet when people that have tiny like like patter rain. And Steph, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself before we go further down <laughs> I don't know this road. Ro- tell hill. you want there, but uh, so obviously my name is Stephanie Barrett. I've been a broker for almost fifteen years. Um, been with mortgage architects most of that, though I'm an independent. You are the greatest mortgage broker to ever live. That's what I heard. Correct. That's all I know. Yeah. A legend in my own mind. <laughs> we all, yeah, I guess full disclaimer, we all use Stephanie Barrett. I'm very happy to as, recommend Stephanie Barrett. As often as possible, and as often as our clients will well, allow thanks. us to Don't recommend my her. my ego. I'm coming back more often. We recommend you and we use you personally too. Well, yeah, yeah, you're doing my mortgage yeah. right now. I am. Steph didn't do my mortgage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're not a new S guy. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. Um... Awesome Actually, mortgage broker. What, what we should talk about, uh, so we've all on this show talked about our cars. Steph drives an <laughs> awesome car. Oh, no. We're going to let her tell everybody what her car is? The question on everyone's mind I is, just want her to give me a ride in her car. <laughs> You're welcome to take it for a drive anytime you want. We could trade cars. Oh, we have that on record? That is you all do. on record. Yeah. yeah. I didn't say where. Full <laughs> zones only. It has a, val- it has a valet mode. <laughs> I'm an environmentalist. Okay. How long have you had your Tesla? A uh, year and a half. And is it as amazing as I imagine? Well, I'm not a huge car person. I actually bought it because I was tired of spending money at the gas pumps, but I will say I would definitely never go back to a gas-powered vehicle again. Hmm. Cool. It's like a little spaceship. I like it. Mm-hmm. Total electric car side note. Have you ever had any range anxiety issue? No. No, because like it, worried that you're going to run out of power. Yeah, yeah. No, the 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 computer software actually will program how much battery you have left once you put in where you're going. So I've even driven all the way to a Soyuz. And uh, have you really? Yeah. It makes from sure home you to get Soyuz. There. Well, I stop at the superchargers in Hope. So there's uh, Tesla superchargers, okay. and I'll just plug in there for 15 minutes, top it up, and then carry on. And the then whole I can 15 make it minutes. All the way. Yeah. So you do you're a couple not. emails. Yeah, there run into the Dairy Queen. They're right behind the Dairy Queen. There, there's about ten of them, and I feel like that's actually going to be better for future charge stations versus gas stations because gas stations are down revenue huge because nobody stops to go in and buy stuff yeah. anymore. But yeah. if you had to wait fifteen minutes, that charging station could totally sell you some junk. Or if they had a Dairy yeah. Queen, well, that's why or the, Dairy Queen. The yeah. charging station in Princeton is attached to the tourism venue, like the information center. Because it's, prob- it's funded by the tourism people, right? Yeah. Makes so sense. So the Kermius one. Yeah. one good, there that's too. a good point. I used one in Whistler at the Whistler Convention Center for our little electric car. Welcome to not, not, a, not a Tesla. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. car show. The car show. Okay. Anyways, so moving on. That was a on. smooth transition. So, let, 
Steph, what's been happening? Uh, give us a little update. We we kind of just usually start the show with a little check-in of what, what's been going on. Well, going on with mortgages is probably the most exciting topic, probably, but... Uh, uh, Bank of Canada rate announcement came out today. They kept the overnight rate as is, so there was some speculation of a quarter point increase, but they've left it steady. I think um, it's still expected we're going to see another quarter point at some point before the end of the year. The Bank of Canada has been pretty forthright that they'd like to see prime rate at 4%, so that would be about two more increases. There's just no timeline as to when they can get there, and with all of the other things that have come about lately, the stress test probably being the biggest one, I think they're just going to sit back a little bit and wait and see what the impact of those things has been first. So let's save some of that. Mm -hmm. What's going on with you? What's going on with me? Yeah, what's up? Well, I've been really busy the last couple of weeks because there's been a a bit of a rate war on the variable mortgages that has started up. Uh, HSBC started with their prime minus one and a couple of other lenders have followed suit. So what I've been doing as a broker, if you're working with a mortgage broker, they should be monitoring your mortgage for you. So some like like a financial planner does for your assets, we do the same thing for your debt. Makes sense. So I've been going through all of my database of variable clients, calculating out for them what their penalty would be to break their current mortgage at say prime minus 40, 50 or 60, pay their penalty and take the new rates of prime minus one, which is what the banks have been doing, which I haven't seen since about 2006, 2007. Hmm. So it's something that for a lot of clients, it's worthwhile to take advantage yeah. of. And you just and you just did that for me. I got the email from you. I guess I was I got one of your variable people, which I didn't even know, but apparently I, I am a variable person. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got Steph's email and basically it said, you know, and I, I think I was only two and a bit years, maybe two and a half into mine. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. going to be a penalty. And yeah, Steph broke it down in the email and it says, Hey, yeah, there's a couple grand here in penalty, but overall you're saving six grand. So yeah, yeah, I could use six grand. Why not? <laughs> um, and I and we know we're doing renovations and things like that. So getting a line of credit hooked up, uh, kind of at the same time, kind of helps a little bit. I think too. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it pays for your cost of getting the line of credit and it gives you a little helps, extra. So, yeah, mm-hmm. covering legal fees, I think, was one of the banks. If you pull yeah. out fifty k, you said. Well, depends on the lender. So okay. TD, if you add uh, if you. With the line of credit, they do it separately. So if you take $50,000 on the line of credit, then there's no legal fees involved. Um, with Scotiabank, they cover everything. You don't have to take anything on the credit line. Right. That's cool. And that's for all your clients? Yep. And that's keeping you busy right now? It's keeping me very busy. Most people are saying yes to that, I'd imagine? I'd say, yeah, 75 80%. Some are not wanting to go through the rigmarole of, of a mortgage again, which I get that people are busy. But I would say the majority of people are, are mm. hopping on, taking advantage of it. Cool. Makes well, sense. What you, Jeff? What's new with you? So I, I did two accepted offers in the last well, since we last recorded. And I, I feel like the biggest change since the market has slowed down is we're having to negotiate again. And it's really frustrating because I don't know if I've just forgotten how frustrating negotiating with other realtors is sometimes. Or if just everybody's out of practice, like they're, you they're stole so... my point. Oh, really? Was that your? Was, was that <laughs> yeah. totally your your check in too? Yeah. Oh man, it's driving me crazy. Nobody knows how to talk anymore. Yeah, it's it. They they've forgotten what a maybe is. They're like yes or no. Yeah. I said no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, there's there is a maybe in there. We can talk about this. Yeah, like you start with yeah. Well, I had that exactly too. Somebody wrote an offer on a listing, and it wasn't a bad price that they wrote, but we countered because that's what you do. You negotiate. And she's like, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? And she's That's like, right. we I wrote, wrote our offer. offer. <laughs> you Either have it. take it or don't. 
I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, like, that's, ama- that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And it's the sellers, too. Oh, I haven't run into it with my sellers yet, but I can imagine yeah. that. Full, full price or go home. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like they've forgotten, too. Yeah. You know, like the both- price is <laughs> yeah. X. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's forgotten sense. how to talk. It's amazing what's happened in two years. So. And just sort of navigating that as realtors, regardless of the side that you're on. But like, what's our goal here? What's the intention? Are we moving up or moving down? What? And usually the goal is to move. So maybe we can't be as rigid when it comes to the pricing and things like that. Um, well, and, we and make... you can be rigid when you have the leverage. But when you... Right. When... So you're saying the buyers have a point to just write an offer and say, take it or leave it. Um, I think not if they want to get deals done. Like mm. if... I but the problem they want... Back to... I think we talked about this last time, but they want like... A month from now's price, maybe yeah, if that t- even tomorrow's happens. Prices. Tomorrow's yeah. price today. today. <laughs> Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it seems that we managed to agree on what's new. <laughs> was that Jared's? What's, what's going on? Too? The only thing I was going to add to that was um, we bought a pipeline. That's new. Because um, we're already talking real estate, well, we all... should totally talk politics on this show. <laughs> <laughs> that and cars. Um, no, I was going to talk about how it was, it was. It's kind of funny that. Uh, you know, you would you'd get asked in the past two years, uh, well, some quali- maybe there's a buyer or seller, someone qualifying you. Like, well, how many listings do you have right now? And we're like, well, if somebody's collecting listings, I have one, you know, one or two, and we sell them and we move on to the next if, one. If they have 10, they're doing something if, wrong. If they're if they're collecting all the listings, <laughs> yeah. um, there's probably a problem there. Um, and just that it seems like now we're kind of getting to that shift where, um, yeah, you will be kind of holding on to them a little bit longer. We're not selling them in seven days. That's, yep. that's probably the latest latest thing that's happening this week for me. Yeah. Things are changing. Okay, cool. Well, I think with our special guests today, we're still going to be able to kind of keep in the order of our usual sequence. So we'll talk about the news, but it's going to be mortgage specific. And we got a taste of that from Steph. So we'll kind of revisit that and take it into the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, Steph, I'm really excited, not just to get the news, but also that we didn't have to do nearly as much homework <laughs> for this episode as we usually do. Especially me. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. When I say we, I mean Matt. And Jared and I ask him, has he done his homework? Um, but, uh, Steph, what's going on in mortgage news? Well, like I touched on, the Bank of Canada kept the rate the same. So anyone with a variable mortgage is not going to see any changes to their payments, Yay. credit lines, credit cards, any other loans that are on a variable payment will stay the same for the time being. So w- was that a surprise? Did they think that rates were going up? You know, it depends. I'm not surprised because I, I really think we've seen the stress test specifically and the last two increases um, have certainly affected the market overall. So I think when there's too many changes too fast, that can be a bit concerning. So I'm not surprised they've taken a step back to just Chill just out a wait bit. and see what's what's going to happen. That being said, we know there's more increases coming. It's just a matter of when. And like I indicated before, they want to see prime rate at 4%. 4%. That's like the safe spot that that's makes the most said. sense for them. That's yeah. kind of the balance point. 
What about the news that doesn't get published? And we often get to hear this from you where the lenders are changing their their internal rules about how they're looking at buyers or how they're qualifying them. Well, it's not necessarily uh, internal rules that the banks are imposing on themselves. It's actual rules that have been legislated. So the to get really boring, the B20 <laughs> ruling, and there's been a I number of... The <laughs> I was waiting, was waiting for us to get into that. Uh, yeah, a number of modifications. And uh, the most recent one is probably mostly impacted those people um, that used to really lean on equity type of lending as opposed to income lending. So you have a lot of equity in your property. You used to be able to still go to a bank and get decent mortgage rates or or the best rates based on how much equity you have as long as you also have good credit. What the government has imposed on the banks now is they still have to qualify those borrowers based on income. So it doesn't matter how much equity you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter about anything else other than how much are you basically declaring as taxable income and you still have to debt service based on that. Yeah, I wish you were on the show about two weeks ago. <laughs> on, on what buyers need to know? <laughs> I, I don't know. I had a deal collapse two weeks ago because uh, a buyer didn't know that that's how they were going to be uh, qualified. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had bought a number of investment properties in the past and thought they would just be going in under the, the same sort of rules they were used to. Yeah. I was representing the seller, and uh, the agent for the buyer thought they were fine. And uh, and then because they own all these assets, yeah, and properties, they're, they're, but they're good. Of course, that service ratio is all out of whack. And yeah. uh, and they were declined, and uh, you know, not good news for. for it's me been and the a seller. surprise for a lot of people that are used to being able to do that. And even, I mean, uh, short of the time is ten years ago, twenty five percent down. You could they didn't even want any piece of documentation. There was some products that didn't want any income documentation as long as your credit score was over a certain amount. Really, and you had twenty five percent down, you were gold. Now things have just completely changed. <laughs> Since the stress test rules came into effect, and I'm sure there was a massive rush of people trying to get in before the stress test uh, rules took place, how has the number of people you're pre-qualifying changed? Is it, has it changed? Are there more or less people? There are less year over year from what I've done in the past few years. Um, mm. I would say there's less people, but I don't know whether that's because of the stress test or just because... You know, a lot of people have already gotten in. Right. Um, there was a big rush to pre-qualify prior to the stress test being implemented. The problem was at that point, there was no inventory. So even though they were pre-approved and they wanted to buy something before January 1st, they couldn't because there was just nothing to buy. Yeah. And then we had all the craziness with the condos happen at the start of the year, I'm sure because of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Should we get into some questions? Uh, well, that's what's new. That's, that's the news. New, yeah. We can't have our main ish item of discussion without playing the intro to the to the <laughs> yeah to the actual main the main segment which is all of the hardball yeah. questions for I, Steph. I like that our transitions are now becoming i want to play the fun bumper yeah <laughs> well jared just tried to do a good segue because <laughs> no way i'm not letting that happen <laughs> so anyway uh, pause i'm gonna play the bumper <laughs> Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. Without money, you lost. Wrong. 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 
Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so we're going to, uh, basically the way this uh, main topic is going to go, essentially we're going to rapid fire or not so rapid, depending on how much you have to say, Steph, but we're putting you in the hot seat. Okay. We're going to fire some mortgage questions at you. Um, we, we've tried to craft really difficult questions that are going to going to really put you on the spot. All the stats. All of the mm-hmm. stats. Yeah. Yeah. What, what were stats like in... Because listeners love to hear stats. stats. Listeners love yeah. Back stats. in 2002. Yeah. yeah. Not sure if you remember, but uh, it was a good year. Graphs are really good for radio. For, for, for radio. radio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Cool. Well, Who's um, got the first one? Do you want me to do the first one? Take us away, Jer. What, um, what percentage of uh, <laughs> rates are uh, variable uh, versus fict- uh, fixed mortgages? Uh, what would you say the percentage is? And what percentage is uh, are variable rates better than a fixed term, closed mortgages? Do you uh, even know what you just asked? No. <laughs> Your question confused me. Um, I, did have a, I did have a question about variables and, and fixed, though. Um, are people going one over the other right now are you seeing a shift now with this sort of prime one for for yeah. new new mortgages yeah i would say since that was announced in the last couple of weeks everybody's going variable the td versus scotia versus the world yeah. it's also strangely enough it's kind of flip-flopped it used to be easier to qualify for a fixed rate versus a variable because the variable they introduced the stress test a longer time ago mm-hmm. so we would always put people in a five-year fixed if debt servicing was tight because we could qualify them on the contract rate okay now what's happened is to qualify for a five-year if let's say it's at 5.6 3.69 you're qualifying at 5.69 right. whereas a variable we qualify at the overnight rate or sorry the benchmark rate which is 3.3 5.34 so you do know your numbers <laughs> a little bit different yeah so it's easier to qualify for a variable now <laughs> Which is a little bit bizarre because the whole point was the government initially wanted to make sure that anyone who was in a variable could handle the fluctuations better and a rising interest rate. So they upped the qualifying rate on the variable, mm-hmm. but now it's actually easier to qualify for a fluctuating rate than it would be a five-year. It seems a bit backward, but... Hmm. I have a, a part two, if there's time. You have a follow-up? I just want to comment. There, okay, on, yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure our listeners have figured out by now that I'm I'm the cautious type. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Yeah, we, all knew, we knew that based on the vehicle you drive. Thanks. Carry on. Uh, and I just renewed my mortgage, and I went variable. And I'm probably the last person to sort of think that that's the right way to go. And I and I went there. So it took some therapy, <laughs> but you, you got there. <laughs> I did it. Did you have to hold Matt's hand? <laughs> a little bit. A little you bit. sweat a little bit. A little but... bit. Steph had me worried that there was something hiding in the contract somewhere, but she assured me I was okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, but I see that and I go, if I'm, if I'm going variable, then this is probably going to be very, very, very common. So sounds about right. Part two, Jared. Part two, and I don't know if there's any weight to this, but I was just curious from a realtor standpoint. We're trying to figure out who are the buyers right now, what type of people are out there. Um, I know you deal with a lot of different types of people. Have you seen, obviously the amounts are higher because real estate costs more, but are you seeing that that, um, that sort of ratio has changed at all right now? Like are there fewer first-time buyer type budgets out there? Um, has the, the mix that you're dealing with right now, other than I know you're busy with refis, but... Yeah, it may be harder for me to be objective on that only because I do work out of a couple of real estate offices. So 
a large percentage of my business comes from you guys and you guys are dealing with a lot of first-time buyers so I find I tend to do a lot more first-time buyer mortgages than maybe some of my colleagues would um but I would say it's still I would say 50 50 there's still a lot of first-timers but there's also a large segment of people that are wanting to buy up yeah. So they're selling that condo and trying to get into the townhouse or the detached home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess what I was curious is if if you could see any sort of correlation to like a, a market shift, and if you, if mortgages actually, if your mortgage pre approvals changed at all. But Tell us the future, mm-hmm. Steph. Do you know? <laughs> Let me get my crystal ball. Hang on a sec. Darn, I left it in my Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty good. You're welcome back here anytime. <laughs> I think they actually just pre-program it into the Tesla. I think everybody gets yeah. one. Yeah, it's hard to go somewhere where it's the best place to buy. <laughs> I think Elon time. Musk believes robots are the future, right? They're going to take over the world. Do they need real estate? Yeah. <laughs> robots need all the real estate. Uh, I got I, I got a did you did you answer your question? Yeah, that's my questions are done. Okay. I'm done. I I uh, I have a question. So, I can't imagine you ever having a frustrating client to deal with. Never. Um but except me, except Matt, um but if you if so, you've got a new buyer, or yeah, you've got a new buyer coming in to meet you. If you could warn him ahead of time, and he'd or actually her. listen, or her, um, what are what what are the biggest mistakes you see people or misconceptions that they have before they sit down with you? Like, what have they done to really mess up the process? Well, the first one, and I know my assistant will be very happy if if everybody understands this. The first one is documents. Um, if I had a dime for every time I got an application from someone that says I make 50,000 a year and then I finally get their documents in and they make 38, I would be a very rich woman. So getting documents in is, is so imperative because I can do a pre-approval based on your verbal information or what you write on an application all day long. But if you go out and you write an offer and then we get the documentation, it doesn't match. You've wasted your time. The realtors wasted their time. Everybody's disappointed and frustrated. So up front, as soon as you can, I provide clients a very comprehensive list of documents right off the bat, and I suggest everyone get those in as soon as they can, A, so I can verify that their information is accurate, and B, so that when you do find a property and you do write an offer, you're not scrambling around trying to dig up documents when you're busy doing inspections and reading through strata minutes and those types of things. So that's probably number one. Hmm. Um, Is that really common that people inflate their income? Very. (laughs) Very. And and it's innocent. A lot of times it's uh, people that are self-employed who don't understand how the banks actually qualify. They don't qualify you on your gross business income. (laughs) They qualify you on what you pay tax on. So there's all sorts of things like that. People that are commission employees that they'll calculate, oh, I made X number of dollars of commission last month. So I'm going to multiply that by 12 and say that's my annual income. So it's an actual, it's an innocent misrepresentation. But at the end of the day, it's still wrong. Okay. Cool. That, that makes sense. Matt, what do you got for Steph? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to ask. I, yeah, I thought you had a part two or a second I, question. There. I thought we'd go around. Around. Yeah, not everyone could just keep doing part two. Well, everything. mine are kind of like a part one and a part two. <laughs> you can do it however you it's, want, Matt. I want to wait. Okay. You want me to ask both my questions? Yeah, you then can I'm ask. Out. Okay, Fine, somebody needs to I got ask an easy. No, I, I got an easy. I got an easy one. Fine. I'll lob one at you. I don't want to ask my question anyway. Um, why I've got, uh, I've got a client and, uh, they just, they, they don't know why they should talk to you because they want to just go to their bank. What's the difference? Well, I think what I alluded to at the beginning. So lame. <laughs> it's 
horrible. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, but I'm it's happy a real, to answer it's a real anyway. Question. I'm here to answer all lame questions. Um, <laughs> what I alluded to at the beginning, I think ultimately, uh, and I'll actually go back to a different example. If I remember the days of, of Future Shop and Best Buy, if I had to go and buy a TV, I would always go to Future Shop, always best over Best Buy. They're actually the same store. They have the same product. Future Shop employees were on commission. Best Buy employees were hourly paid people. The level of service, the interest that I got going into first or to where was it? Future Shop. Future was, Shop was the commission one, yeah. right? It was so much better than going into Best Buy. So the same type of example I think crosses over to mortgages. I have, and the, what I talked touched on earlier, spending my hours and hours and hours going through my client files to contact them to say, I think you're paying too much interest. We have a way we can change that. Your bank is never going to call you and say, stop giving us so much money. We can figure out a way to change this. That's never going to happen. They likely would. (laughs) Yeah. Over and above that, even when you're initially looking at the contract, we've been, we've been taught and it's been ingrained in us. Just look at the rate. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, 200 and some odd pages to a mortgage contract. Wow. You don't see most of it. It's registered, but you don't, you don't get to see it. Those pages aren't there for your benefit. Right. Those pages are there for the bank's benefit. And if you go into bank A, they're not going to tell you about any of the negatives in their contract. And they're certainly not going to tell you if another lender has something better. Sure. That's what a mortgage broker And, and there is a difference. And I know <clears> I, we all sing your praises and that's great. We obviously know you, you provide great service. Um, but the other thing was the difference between, was it a pre-approval and pre-qualification was that the one that the banks do well we all essentially do a pre-qualification because until everything is in it's hard to do a full pre-approval sure um so pre-qualification is the estimate essentially like if everything you've said to me is true this is what's going to happen correct that's a pre-qualification but a pre-approval is actually like yes we are guaranteeing right but does one one doesn't pull the your credit or doesn't actually do a credit check Correct. Can that be a problem? Yeah, so or? sometimes um, in branch or some of the specialists, to my knowledge, don't pull the credit. Um, they take an application and it's all sent into a, a separate place that pulls the credit. So it's a pre-qualification. And in many instances, a client will actually walk out with a letter that's saying they're pre-qualified sure. and misunderstand that to mean they could go out and write a subject free offer tomorrow and they won't have any problems. When in actuality, I got a lot of clients come to me in a panic over the last couple of years because they thought they were pre-approved wrote their offer subject free and lo and behold they were not clients and realtors (laughs) so can we walk it back a second because i think you said something very interesting which was there's a lot more to think about other than rate so i don't know much about mortgages i'm just getting involved other than rate what are the questions i should be asking um things like prepayment options (coughs) excuse me um can you prepay some additional funds onto your mortgage at any time does it have to be anniversary date only um like if you get a bonus from work or maybe if you know yeah yeah and probably the biggest one that people don't think to ask is penalty right so if you break your mortgage which they say a five-year term most people break within 3.8 years what is that penalty going to be the verbiage on the contracts is all going to be the same three months interest or interest rate differential it's the interest rate differential calculation that varies from lender to lender. And that is probably the number one thing that I look at when I'm qualifying a client and helping them decide which lender they want to go with. You have to have that comparison. And that difference could be $3,000 or fifteen. It yeah, could, it can be yeah. huge. I, I had a couple that's, getting that's divorced huge. that stayed living in the same house for two more years because they couldn't afford the penalty mm-hmm. like we were all ready to put their home on the market and then they talked to their bank 
and it was a gigantic number. Yeah. So but does, I've been does with that, you since I was a kid. Portability come into that as well then? It does. Yeah. So you can port a mortgage. Uh, most mortgages are portable unless you elect to take a contract that has eliminated that. There's not a lot of those around, okay. but they are there. They do exist. So just just in case people don't know, porting a mortgage is? Uh, you keep your existing mortgage, current rate, current balance, current maturity date, and you can transfer it to a new address. So you sell one property, move the address to another property. As long as it's uh, equal or... Well, you can, at that point, again, this is something that varies from lender to lender. So some lenders will keep your current mortgage, move it to the new address. If you need more money, they'll add a second mortgage. Some lenders will take the new money and blend it together with the current mortgage and blend out the rate. Some lenders don't let you do that at all. There's no blending or topping up. So it really varies. So that is the difference in the contract from one to another. That's one, yeah. And there's a grace period in there too, which can be different from one contract to the next. So if you were to sell your property, move out, and you're porting it to another address, but maybe you aren't holding a mortgage for a period of time, it could be a month or more. What's the most common or what should people look out for there as a a bad contract? Um, Well, some that to eliminate portability altogether. Like I said, there's not a lot of those around, but uh, it's something that you should certainly, when you're looking at those super, super low rate mortgages, the reason they're really low is because they do eliminate some flexibility. So some of those have eliminated portability. Um, On average, it's 30 days, tends to be what what most lenders will allow you for a port. Some lenders allow up to six months where they'll pay your penalty and then they'll refund it back within a period of time. I'm surprised you're saying the average is 30. My experience has felt more like six months. So that must have been sort of the exception to the rule. For a full port? Yeah. Hmm. What about, let's say I'm not a first-time buyer, but my wife is, and somehow in this world we managed to find a place under the first-time buyer. Uh, what is, is it, is it 475? Did they, did 500. they, 500. it's 500, but it starts sliding at 475? Is nope, that? No, it's now 500, 5 to 525. 525 is the partial, yeah. Okay. What can I do? So Rach and I find a place under 500. She's never bought a place before. I have... Can, do we pay it? How does, how does that work? So what I suggest for most clients is that you uh, one of you is a guarantor on the mortgage and one of you goes on title. So in this case, if Rach has never bought before, you just be a guarantor, which means we can still use your income to qualify the mortgage. You are still responsible for the mortgage, but your name is not on title. Can she run away with the mortgage <laughs> when, when she decides to leave me? That's for a, a legal younger... question <laughs> and a personal one that I won't get into. <laughs> That's funny. Um, we've got you for like another 10 minutes or Let's, so. Here. I think it's I time questions. for Matt's, yeah, Matt's, yeah. Matt's, Matt's two-parter. That, that's it, it for question time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Who gave him a microphone? Sorry, Matt. Aww. We ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I did sneak in some questions uh, with the other stuff, though. Um, we talked about some of this stuff before, Steph, but I think it's, it's really helpful to people. Um, one... What can consumers do to boost their credit when they're leading up to a purchase? And maybe they're thinking about buying a year from now. Often a lot of people, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, we might not be buying for a year or two. There are things they can do to improve their perception to the lenders. Absolutely. It's a little bit hard to give you an easy answer to that because everybody's situation is pretty specific. So what I would recommend is if they want to get in touch with me, askstef.ca is my website. Uh, I can take an application, run their credit, and I can give them some very specific tips on their situation. The number one thing, though, that will very quickly uh, change your credit score, because you have to keep in mind it's just a computer. There's not a person there adjudicating it. It's just a computer. So if you have um, 
a number of credit cards, lines of credit, that you can pay and keep a balance below 50% of their limit, that will immediately uh, add a positive to their score. So if you have a few different cards, you can pay them all down below 50% of their limits. The next reporting cycle is going to be quite a big boost. The other thing that you never want to do is cancel any old accounts, any old credit cards. If you choose not to use them, great, cut them up, freeze them, do whatever you want to do. But if you cancel them, you're cutting off your history and your credit history is about 30% of your score. Hmm. So keep that MBNA card you got at the university campus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had one of those. The limit was $500. They didn't have those at my university. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I don't uh, even know what Matt's talking about. You can get them a hockey game. So too. I don't think they were at Solder Sports. Business School. <laughs> the other thing, of course, is that it seems pretty straightforward, but make sure you're making all the minimum payments on time, not even you know, a week Wait, late. I have there's, to pay? You do. There's a buffer there, though, right? On time. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no buffer. We'll pay so, it once so, a year? So absolutely pay the minimum. Pay the minimum on time, and you should be okay. Yeah. Uh, and don't let too many people run it. Right. If you, you want to shop, don't go before. from bank to bank to bank right. on your own. Okay. And you told me once before, get a little sneak attack, is one, pay the minimum balance, but two, if you're the type of person who always pays off the entire balance on your credit cards, is every now and then you should actually... Take a little balance, pay a little interest, shows the the credit rating score, the magic mm-hmm. computer that you are uh, profitable. Well, most lenders will actually report only once a month and some every other month. So if you use the card and then you pay it off before it's reported, you always are going to be reporting a zero balance, which means there's no credit usage to oh, weird. to report, huh. right? You learn something. And sometimes having no credit is worse than having bad credit. So yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that. You guys know that? Yeah, I talk to Steph all Matt, the time. Yeah. She's got all the good Matt stuff. Yeah, you're, you're, keep, you're keeping this from your friends here. Fact, Matt. Matt, uh, did, did fact, you have a part two to yeah, that? Or yeah, did two-parter. You part so, two. so that was a, a good tip leading up to a purchase. And then the second part is uh, the purchaser has made their decision. They've signed a contract that says, I'm going to be doing the transaction in this home six weeks from now. I've been fully qualified and approved. I have my financing approval. But leading up to that, a week or two before the actual date where they sign over to purchase it, uh, sometimes people don't know that their credit can be checked again at that point. It can, yeah. Uh, particularly a high ratio mortgage. Some of the uh, insurers, CMHC, Genworth, AG, they can do what's called a blind a blind check. So they can actually look at it. it doesn't even show on your credit report that they viewed it. And they can check and see what outstanding debts are there. So don't obviously go and make large purchases. Don't decide you're going to go. Even if it's one of those cards where they say you don't pay for a year, they're still going to want a debt service, a balance. So if you go and spend $20,000 on new furniture and appliances for your house and they pull a new bureau and it's reflected on there, yeah, you're not paying for a year, doesn't matter. You still have to now debt service that payment. That's a really good example. Yeah. So I, furniture shopping. Totally. And and you do <laughs> furniture shop when you're buying new places. Yeah. It's like you've been doing this for a while. You've, yeah, I've yeah. seen it once or twice. I, I was, actually had a client book, was, go buy a new Corvette the day after subject removal. That was fun. <laughs> Go return it now. <laughs> I always do. I always use the because I've. You, I think you've told me the car, the car situation. I've never had that happen to a buyer. I guess we. Yeah, they know better. Hopefully now. Um, but I never thought about the. Yeah, go hit up the brick. We're going to need new furniture. Let me back in You're twice to measure. Yeah. I just bought a house. I'm getting a leather couch, that mm-hmm. 50 inch plasma or whatever. So wait until what, after LED. completion, or at least call your mortgage broker and say, if I add this debt. Is this going to jeopardize my really finances? Tight. How tight are things? Yeah, so if you're really okay. riding the line, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Oh, good okay. information. Well, 
Um, so, Steph, you're, if people want to get in touch with you, it, what is the email address again? Steph at asksteph.ca. Awesome. And we've just been playing Ask Steph. And I think you need to get going pretty quick here. But we're actually going to, instead of asking you a question, get you to ask us one. Check out the big brain on bread. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Do you have a question? I do. Uh, you and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, and I'd be curious because it seems to be over the last couple of years, there's been different time periods when certain type of product is the hot commodity. So it was detached houses for a while. Most recently, it was the one-bedroom condos seemed to be the thing people were multiplying or sending, putting multiple offers on. What would you guys say is the hot commodity right now? Matt? Sorry, it's just always fun to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is running the production two, over here. I'm on clicking buttons. The thing you want to buy right now is two and a half million dollar houses in New Westminster. He's not even joking. Strangely enough, it's they're going yeah. like hotcakes. Hmm. Yeah, can't build them fast enough. And they were they were dead, dead, dead for the first yeah, so weird. first chunk of the year. If I was buying though, I would say if I was look if I had someone who's like find me a deal in New West, be like there's some. Some good one bedrooms that are kind of stagnating a little bit. A couple mm-hmm. couple weeks on the market, maybe. The one bedrooms are slower. And there's competition. We have yeah. one of one of the buildings in town that has, you know, five or six, which is a little bit higher than we've seen. So you might start seeing those people competing amongst each other. Like, well now that one just came on under me. What are we gonna do? Well we gotta get under that one or start getting creative with uh, you know, other things. It seems like all the first time buyers have decided that the market has massively corrected. And and there there has been a change. It's slower for sure, but it seems like the people moving up into houses are way less concerned, and are like houses activity is up. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. The, to specifically answer Steph's question, what's the hot commodity? It's the entry level house. Yes, one point totally. one to one point two five million. If we're talking kind of New West Tri Cities. Uh, and exactly what you're saying, right? They're getting out of their condo at a pretty good price. That's going to change in a the next week to five weeks uh, but right now today entry-level house can i have a follow-up question no only matt <laughs> <laughs> so we always of course the media is always a little bit behind on how they report things so when they come out with the may numbers what do you think the headline in terms of the news forecast and what they're talking about the real estate market is going to be i think days on market for strata will be up we're not going to be seeing a week definitely. average. Definitely, yeah. Inventory up is what they'll report. Sales yeah. numbers down, inventory up. Yeah. Yeah. And we know because we tend to work in this industry that sometimes what they report isn't always the way we're seeing it. Do you think that would be an accurate assessment if that's the, the headline for usually June they were, 1st? Usually they were, well, we, were, we talked about this last week. Usually they report something across Canada. We're getting into the home sales down 11% across Canada or yeah. 20%. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you know, the average person might read that and go, Oh, market's crashing. Like, hang on a minute. Yeah. And you're like, no, Wait, no, are no. Prices down 20% down? is inven number of sales. Yeah. Right. A lot of times the headline is much more generic than what's actually going on. And what you said is totally right. It's usually behind. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's usually at least a month 
I find. Yeah, I mean, the board's going to report that inventory is up because the month before they said that inventory was down and prices were up. So then the public finally believed us that they should put their home on the market. And then everybody did it and it created too much inventory. So it'll see inventory is up and absorption rates are down. And then they'll try to extrapolate some ideas about what that's going to mean for the next month. Do you and- have a pie chart? Can I can you show me that? that? I would like to know what the absorption <laughs> rate is. Well, like, what could happen too? Like, you, I mean, it's possible. You're the one who gets snap stats. <laughs> snap stats. I do. I, I also have those. We have those. I have them. Oh, we. It's a we it's a staple stats? of the New West guy team. <laughs> Half of it, at least. Um, well, you could see too that maybe the buyers are hanging on right now and not pulling the trigger because where's where's the price correction? What's when's that happening? And then it doesn't happen. And who knows? We could the, the following month. Could start picking up again. Maybe where's not the beef. You know, where's <laughs> where's where's, beef, where's, where's my deal? Where's, where's the, the beef? beef? Is it also possible that it's even more localized too? So instead of just saying the Greater Vancouver market or the Fraser Valley market, it could be even there's pockets within the Greater Vancouver real estate area that are hotter than others. Like New West maybe is a different situation sure, than for Poco sure, I would say. or I one hundred percent it's it's possible. I think we're seeing in the uh general strata market things are down across the board vancouver is very slow right now and vancouver is kind of an indicator like it it usually it starts in vancouver and then it kind of goes out like a wave and then it comes back right like vancouver is usually the first to go up in price and the last to drop yeah and what and i mean this whole crazy market that we've had in the past two years all kind of started from entry-level regular houses creating this huge gap between you know the price point of the upper end uh, strata properties to detached, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, oh, it's out of reach, and then it just started to pick up, you know, to kind of close that gap. And you can see I'm gesturing with my hands. I'm sure as the audience can see, but <laughs> very good radio. You can really see. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could two million, two and a half million dollar houses going up. Is that going to make another spread between one point threes? That might have been, been a little bit slower, and then. Who knows? I don't think it's going to keep necessarily cycling through because it, there's been huge gains in the past two years. But crazier things have happened. It is true. Well, I think we've. Uh, I learned a few new things today. Everybody's learning some stuff. Lots yeah. of lots of learnings. Thank you very much for coming on, Steph. Thanks, that Steph. Thanks for fantastic. having me. Anytime, Thank you, Steph. Okay, and you're busy. You got to run and get to your super appointment. One right. more time, asksteph.ca. That's the one. Six oh four. No, um, and you did promise us all a ride in the Tesla. We all heard we that haven't, too. We no, haven't. She said we could drive it. I get it. to drive it. Yeah, you get to drive it. It <laughs> yeah. drives itself. Oh, did you see? Like, that yeah, story Jeff, you're today? totally. A really Jeff, you're Tesla totally driving, driving it. itself. Story this morning. Okay, thanks for joining us. Steph. Thanks, Steph. Bye, Steph. Thanks, thanks Steph. Steph. Bye. It's story time with Jer. Great story compelling and rich it's not always my story no it's not always your story what if matt has an awesome story to tell well he can tell it to me or write it down and i will (laughs) paraphrase this is multiple offers a real estate show well look who gets to do story time today back with the original i have an excellent story to tell just the (laughs) all right you want to do it oh yeah yeah totally uh, pass. Nope, it is my turn. Um, I, and I've got a doozy this week. Ooh. Uh, oh. You know, um, yeah, real estate. So, so um, uh, I live in a townhouse complex, as you do, and as, uh, sorry, I'm pointing to Jeff. We, we I gotta remember this is radio. We we're all live in townhouses. We're all townhousers. We care about the townhouse market more than the rest for personal yeah. reasons. But it's always kind of... And with- b- between us... 
because we're all in a townhouse in New West, and there's only like five townhouse yeah. complexes in New West, <laughs> and we're all in different complexes. So we we're in like we cover most of New West's townhomes, just us. True <laughs> facts. Our of finger truth. is on the townhouse pulse in in New West. If townhouse you, specialists, if if you will. Uh, no, but it's always exciting. I mean, I live in a complex that has ten units. So I was the last person to buy in there a couple of years ago. So I there hasn't been a sale in your place since, since you bought. Not since ours. And, you know, we paid way too much money at the time. And people were like, oh, my God. And then, you know, people start looking at you dirty because, like, my taxes are going up now because of you. Um, well, I'm not that guy anymore. That's also simply not true. I, I, we can go over that. We, we have talked about that. Uh, anyways. Whatever. So, um, yeah, we just had a sale happening in my complex. Do you want details, Jeff? I would like all the details. 9th Street. New Westminster. Uh, <laughs> You're making me crazy. <laughs> Realator. Real, real here. Uh, no, in New Westminster. We had uh, we had a listing come on in my complex. It happens to be my neighbor. Um, I did not get the listing, and I, nor was I throwing my hat in the ring. And some people were like, well, are you upset you didn't get it? And like, I don't know if how objective I could be to sell the person potentially who is going to be my neighbor. Oh, that's actually quite interesting. Like sharing a wall with you. Like you're showing the place and like, no, like this one's not right. We for only you. got, one, we only got one offer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You guys got any hobbies? You like the drums? No. <laughs> Teenagers? No, thank you. Did uh, I tell you about the mouse problem downstairs? <laughs> so it was nice to, it was nice to be removed from it. Uh, a few of our colleagues wrote on it. I didn't end up writing any offers on it, but they ended up with eight offers. Wow. Um, eight offers in our changed the market, market is the market is tanking, um, but yet the townhouse had eight offers on it. So, um, and that's sarcasm, I guess. Joking, facetious. People can hear those. sarcasm. Can you hear that? Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm smiling under my breath. But uh, yeah, no, um, underpriced. Obviously, eight eight uh, eight offers. Um, do you guys want to know what it sold for? You know already. It doesn't matter. Well, okay. So let's start with. So there were eight offers. Eight what, offers. what was the list price? Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Three bedrooms, one downstairs, three upstairs. So I guess you could call it four. So that number was fictitious from the start. A little bit, yeah. Right? I mean, a three-bedroom townhouse. Yeah. And you're those are nice big... I can see the claims on the interwebs. Yeah. Over a hundred and whatever, thousand over asking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the we know don't, this. Don't the public give the, the actual number. The public's realized this too, that you know when when we're doing all these multiple offers, that the, the list price is... is yeah. It's just pretend numbers. So without crossing legal lines, because you can't tell the actual number publicly. Um, right, of course. <laughs> but uh, ballpark, how crazy did it get? Um, six figures-ish it, over? It was, it was approximately 150000 over the asking price. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> it was, it's an approximation. So you can say that. This is interesting. Uh, I, I there's rules about disclosing the, and it's really weird because you can math, sit down with somebody okay. and you can tell them the number, yeah. But you can't. I guess the problem is legally we're not allowed to advertise the sale price. Correct. So if somebody was to think this podcast was an advertisement, and even if that deal falls through, it's it's in the realtor it's information. Record. It's been sent. It's been shared probably with a ton of people already. Yeah, it's public record, even though it hasn't. Money hasn't changed Whatever. hands. I'm not yet, telling anybody the exact price. It was approximately. It was fine. Do, do the math. Yeah. So. So we thought $150,000 over asking 80s townhouse was a was a thing of the past. Yeah, still happening. Agreed. Still happening. Um Yeah, so is I it heard, a price point I heard thing? about what it the night it? that it happened. Yeah. 
get a message. We all get it in the group chat. Yeah. Right? Oh my gosh, you guys got to hear about this. It's crazy. We're all rich. Living in a townhouse, going to bed, <laughs> telling Liz, and she's like, "So, so, what do you think we can get for ours?" <laughs> you know, it's the same. It's a, we're no different than the rest of the public. Yeah. What do you think we can get if we got this much? You think we'd just sell and leave? Mm-hmm. Like, can we just put some money in the bank and just just go? Yeah. Like, what's Does- that number? What does that look like? <laughs> does this allow the next step in life? Does this, you know, you start to, your brain, you start to think about it, start to think, what's our plan? Well, that would leave me this much after I pay my, my mortgage off and, and well, then we could finally move up to the cabin or we could finally, you know, get that vacation proper, whatever it is, you know, whatever the story is. So, so when are you putting yours on the market? Next week. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I got a he- heck of a lot of work to do still. Um, baby proofing. And or putting railings on staircases and removing nails and things like that. You have doors now, though. I do have doors. Yeah. No more open door policy. Uh, what else do I have? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do. But I, it makes you wonder. It makes you think. It, it's a very clear indication to me that um, anybody who thinks that the sky is falling in our real estate market, I say this to people all the time, there's no shortage of demand in our marketplace. It's just a question of if the price is right, but there are always people who want to own a home in the region and it doesn't take much of an adjustment in price or a slight shift in attitude in segments of buyers for things to come right back up. It's also a real indicator that it's not an exact science because you think about that townhouse that sold in my complex. Yeah. And my complex is what? 30 years younger 20. Then yours, 20? 2008. Yeah. Six. Yeah. So versus 86. Versus 80. Okay. So tw- 20. 20 years younger. Well, somewhere between 20 and 30, uh, depending on when in the 80s. Anyway. Great fact checking. Not the point. I thought your place was built in 86. Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay. <laughs> so, but about the same size, also a middle unit. I'm, do- I'm smaller than yours, but yes. No, I'm not talking about my one. I'm talking about that one that sold in mine oh, oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. very similar, like not that different prices. Hmm. And I mean, those those two on paper should be vastly different. And that the one in my complex sat for a couple months mm-hmm. and went through multiple price reductions. You know what the X factor is to me? and, and I Who could... the neighbor is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Agreed. And, and maybe this has absolutely nothing to do with it, but it, it absolutely has everything to do with it for me, is that in the, the Jeremy's complex, all three bedrooms are sufficient size. Yeah. I know in your unit particularly, Jeff, you've got a good thing going. Mine are fine, but yes, that one did have the, a small the, the third The typical bedroom. third bedroom is quite small in your development for the average unit, and it's a single wide gra- single car wide garage that's two cars deep, the tandem style. Right. And in Jeremy's complex, it's a regular two-car garage, you know, side by side. And that is a massive difference to me. Livability-wise. But traditionally, the units in Francis sold higher than the units in Jeremy's. Like, you could go back to when Jeremy bought. Yeah. And they would have sold quite a bit higher. Um, Yeah. Because people used to be much more concerned about the age. True. That yeah. seemed to be a way bigger factor. This is prettier, new subdivision, new new little uh, complex there. So, Yeah. Uh, they were going in low to mid fours. The double probably. garage is huge, but the garage is, you yeah, know, and, nice. and the one in your complex was at this point a month ago. Yep, I feel like we're going through really big changes. You think every so we've month. talked about that houses have gone up. We've yep. talked about the condos have gone down, and it's hard in New West because we don't the sample size is small. Do we think townhouses are going up 
with houses? Yes. If the gap is... I think they tend to move together. There was a secret sale in my complex Mm. that sold significantly higher than what I paid for mine. Same layout as what I bought. But it was a private deal. It's not on MLS. But it... Six figures higher? Like... 75-ish, give or take 15 grand? In that ballpark. Okay. Yeah. And... um, and that was just this month. So we all got great townhouse news. Yeah. Anyone selling uh, I think complex? townhouse and detached kind of move together, right? And then the condo side of things. And I just keep coming back to this because today we're talking about how condos are down. And I will stand behind this. You can bring back the recording in like three weeks. You're channeling your inner Gary V <laughs> right now. <laughs> condos are coming back. Everybody who thinks the sky is falling right now by the middle of July... Okay, so you're even going to put a, a date stamp on it. It's not going to take long. By July. Where is my price reduction? Okay. Where did? How come these aren't cheaper? Okay. Yeah. So just for fun, because I don't actually disagree with you, <laughs> but let's make a bet. <laughs> who's, who's shaving their head? So, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Um, who's buying ice cream? Okay. So if condos, how do we, how do we differentiate? How do we know? How do we say condos are back? Um, days on market. Days on market. Okay, so we're not worried about price. Just if days on market are under two weeks, average that days on market. Seems like a reasonable. By the end of July. So when the August stats come out. When the July stats come out in August. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so if that is the case, here's what I propose. I will buy your lunch Every Monday meeting day. So uh, for the uh, every show day. So every time we have a show meeting for a month, I'll I'll buy lunch. If you'll switch, if they don't come back, you'll buy me lunch. I'm not really a betting man, Jeff. Ah, that, too bad. That'd be. I'll take that bet. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the bet if I can cancel at least half the shows that month. <laughs> yeah, if I, if vac- I feel like Matt's it. on vacation, well, I, and I'm clever too because if condos come back and they're hot, then we're probably selling more stuff. And so then, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if I'll be the one struggling for cash, trying to buy Jeff lunch, and he's like, win, 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 win. Okay, so Jeremy's going to take your bet. He's going to stake you. Um. So yeah. So we'll find out. I, I got, okay. One more question based on the the real estate side of this uh, story time with Jer. Um, the one point, Matt, you sold a house last week or two weeks ago, 1.3 something. Yeah. 1,365,000. Beautiful beautiful neighborhood. Um, and it seems like the one threes, is that the, is that the starter home now? Would you say? No. No. One, one, two. There's two types of starter homes, right? There's, yeah, there's the, I want to get in something that's a project. And then there's also I feel like you can still start her no, home. Like starter home for one two. one. There's Ooh, one on Sixth Ave. No, no, there's that one on Sixth Ave that just sold. A family had been living in that happily for years. Like they still have young kids. They were just moving up. Busy street? Yep. Okay. So one, one one one. And there's the one on ninth right now for one point one. Is one one hotter than one three right now? No. One three is hotter. That's interesting. Huh. And if one three goes up in the next few weeks to a month. Does that mean one one's going up? The buyers need to come from somewhere, though. Hmm. I okay. think part of why the the one point two to one point three is a hotter segment is the same reason why a certain segment of condos are stronger, and it's because 
the buying community has no illusions that they're probably in whatever situation they get into for a very long time. Right. So they're trying to future-proof themselves. Okay. And you think that the the people buying some of these condos, the sort of entry-level condos, they're a little bit more, it's a little more finicky segment and more speculative, a little more, ugh, all of a sudden the boat got rocked and I think it, go ahead Matt I think it's easier for them to hesitate versus somebody who's ready to buy a two bedroom and is willing to fight for the two bedroom because they know that protects them for a longer period of time okay so I, I, I agree and I also think part of the hesitation is a big chunk of those people are getting in the market for the first time right so first time buyer it it's the most stressful the first time you buy right once once you're in the market market goes up well what you buy is more expensive too. Market goes down. Well, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like we got less for our place, but we paid less, whatever. It all goes out in the wash. Yeah. You only get one chance to buy your first place and yeah. try to time it just right. Yeah. Tell your like, friends you it won. It matters the most when you buy and when you cash out, right? Like those are, those are your two most important. I've got an analogy. It's like uh, we used to do a cliff jumping a lot and you had, had one friend that would just kind of get up to, up to the edge. Go, no, okay, no, no. I'm going to do this. And then just couldn't and it's like is this the time i don't know like nothing you know it's not really going to change too too yeah. much and you just need to get in and, and pull the trigger by the but time they finally jump in and get they, enjoy their first jump you've face. jumped a dozen times they're doing and a face it's time to go anyways. home yeah <laughs> cool thanks for the story jer yeah it's a great one compelling and rich super rich that was episode six Whew. we're done all righty I'll share a story about uh, a little something that happened at home this past weekend. Um, we were trying to split stuff like, you know, in and out of the house, constantly moving the kids around. It's like, okay, well, we're going to have tacos for lunch on Saturday. This is the plan. Kids are excited. We're going to have tacos, give them something to do and make sure. Do you guys meal plan? Not really. Okay. This is an anomaly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was very clear that like we just came with the plan. She's got the stuff and this is what we're going to do. And it's sort of a, a good little break in the middle of the day because I was running in from one meeting and then going out to another one and we were all going to be together. And I got home from my meeting a little bit early and I had to get in the shower and change and all the rest of it. So I thought, well, before I do that, I will just go and cook up the ground beef. Phase one. I'll just do this. So I cook up the ground beef and get it all ready, get it done, cover it. But before I put the beef in, I, I cut it up. I like cutting it first when it's raw. You you cut the already ground beef. Yeah, I go, I go against the grain and then it just turns it into all these little like little grains and it's that's kind of weird <laughs> okay good i'm glad jer because i was thinking that but <laughs> i just started doing it recently it's really effective you should try it effective i will try it what what does it affect well otherwise you got to break it up the whole time you're cooking it if you just cut it and go chop 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 and put it in it's just, bloop, it just falls into all these little pieces okay when i make mr noodles i yeah. cut i i break i pre-break <laughs> the noodle pack okay huh so Otherwise, well, I find <laughs> it's just big strings of beef. It's not t- in tiny little balls. It's big strings of beef. And then you have to sit there and break them up in the pan while you're cooking it. Okay, so phase one. Phase one is I cut the raw beef. Matt takes the time to chop up raw beef. Oh, my, my Costco beef is already kind of, yeah, it's not all stringy like that. I know the stringy stuff you're talking about. All right. <laughs> so I make the ground beef and I'm trying to get like husband points for helping get ahead because I was given no responsibility for the lunch. I was just supposed to be home for lunch. So wait, can... Liz didn't even ask you. Correct. 
Glad you guys keep score too. Matt's the best. So I do my my bit and I come home. I come downstairs. Everybody's home. They've kind of settled in. They're like, "Oh, you were here." And looks like you made the beef. You're so great. Oh my gosh! I came home and I was looking for it in the fridge and I couldn't find it. And here it is. And you couldn't is, find the beef. She couldn't. Sorry, this is Liz. Oh, she's okay. like, I couldn't find it. And then I went and there's all oh, the lids on this pan and lifted it up and it was cooked and I was so happy. This is great. And so she gets the rest of the veggies. Did ready. she actually say this or this is what you're hoping she? She says? said all of these things. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did. I did good. Okay. So she gets the rest of the stuff ready. She chops up the veggies and all the rest of it. We start assembling. Uh, we sit down. We all eat one and then we're going to go over another one. And I go into the kitchen to get it. And I start just sort of rearranging things and putting them away and all the rest of it. And um, I find the knife that I used to cut the, the raw ground beef earlier mm-hmm. that I put over by the sink because the dishwasher was clean and full mm-hmm. and it was running. It was running when I made the beef. So I couldn't put the dirty knife in the dishwasher. So I put it off to the side over with the dirty stuff. Right. And, um, and as I'm tidying things up, I find it on the cutting board with all the veggies and everything else. And, um, like, hey, uh, did you take the, the knife, Liz, from the, uh, the counter to cut the veggies? I don't know. Well, I'm just noticing there's there's the knife on the cutting board. It's the and, same and this one. Free, but it's not chicken. Like well, you're okay. Turns out we were okay, but I went to our open house that Saturday with like Were you thinking you were dying? I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna start Yeah, start, germs are start. overrated, first first thing. And the second moral of this story is you don't cut ground beef <laughs> before you cook it. <laughs> Well, I did. I was efficient, and it helped. And then I thought I was going to be sick at our open house, and it was terrible. And uh, turns out, um, you know, I love my wife. Yeah, she's she's uh, we're op- we're kind of in the opposites attract kind of category. Okay, you know, um, I'm on her side on this one. This is I'm totally one hundred percent your by fault. The way. Why well, would anyone think that a knife was used for raw meat when the and, meat and was also, ground beef? You can you can eat raw beef. Okay. You know, it's, it, it yes and no. Okay. No, I know there's risk, but it's not. Well, it's a prep thing, though. Ground beef has yeah. potentially germs around the outside. Yeah. And by mixing it, you're mixing. I it get it. Up, I just. But it's not the. Can you eat I would raw be, chicken too. I would be freaking out about raw eggs. If, if your story was I cut up the ground chicken, and then I was using the knife, I probably would have been like at my yeah. open house thinking yeah. I was dying. Chickens so, are so gross. The same yes. thing could have happened though, just because of just kitchen process between Liz and I, right? So. But it didn't. <laughs> but it did. But it didn't. But it just it, it brings up the point that like I love my wife. She's good. She's very intelligent. We have good debate and conversation. But we are different people. And the one thing where we don't agree is processes. Okay. Right. Where I would never pick up a knife that I don't know what it's been used for and just start cutting up fresh veggies. I would want to know where it came from. Was it on the veggie cutting board or was it on the meat cutting board? It was on the part of the counter next you to guys the sink have different cutting where boards? dirty dishes. Oh go. yeah, big time. Oh, I mean, I don't care about germs, but just certain cutting are boards they are... exclusively the veggie versus meat cutting board, or we're, just during that one day? No, when you're doing... no, no. We're we're a kosher family. We've got uh, a cutting board for vegetables, and that's not kosher, by the way. Um, yeah, separations. Basically, what that kosher means is it's a separate. <laughs> it's a separation of um, you know carbs on this side, uh, dairy in this side, meat. So we don't. I do have a cutting board that is for uh, raw meat. Okay. And I have a cutting board that is like a nicer wood that I don't. I can wash it, but I just still feel like maybe if yeah, there's E. coli, I, I, I maybe agree. it's getting. I in do there. that. I, but, I don't know. But that's not going to be Liz's style, was and there's Liz no imposing that. Was worried about this at all? I think she just totally just kept cool and was like, "Let's just." We all just decided to let's pretend it didn't to happen. 
and just move on and not not talk about it okay. and just hope that nobody feels sick eight hours and later. she didn't point out to you that it was weird to cut the ground beef so that was big of her <laughs> so, she's so gracious Liz if you're listening I'm going to show you it cooks twice fast way to be the bigger person Liz. I like or, how this story starts with you getting all the husband points and then devolves into Liz is amazing yeah. you have an amazing wife yeah. stuff she puts up with yeah well I would never pick up a knife that I didn't know where it had been I pick knives up off the floor. <laughs> yeah, like when you're throwing them around and catching them and doing knife tricks. Yeah, sometimes you drop, you drop it. You drop it. Yeah, pick it yeah. up. It's fine. Okay, well, All right. uh, I think before next week's show, yeah. we're going to make some tacos, and I'll, I'll show I'm you guys having, how to catch your ground beef. Not having uh, tacos here. I'll, I'll come over for tacos. But you know, I just have to be here before we cut the ground beef so I can show you how efficiently we can, we can cook that up into tiny little pieces. Do you take it out of the styrofoam? Before I cut it? Yeah. No. This is an efficiency thing. I'm not Do you worry it about in... little bits of styrofoam getting into the beef while you're cutting it? No, I'm a master with the knife. Okay. If you're a chef listening to this show, uh, please send your comments and feedback and I feel like I just destroyed my entire professional Matt. reputation with this story. We're going to have to delete this. Okay, thanks for listening. No, you don't get to delete it.